Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. Yes, Salem. Where are you? <laughs> I'm isolating with flu-like symptoms in a shed full of uh, snakes and spiders. But yeah, but I'm okay. Still talk. Nothing too severe, so... You know what? It would take a lot more than coronavirus to stop you from being able to talk. Exactly. I mean, in fairness, Cully. I'm, I'm well used to handling bugs at this stage. <laughs> so, dangerous bugs. <laughs> How are you? Where are you at? I'm in a very special place. Um, I'm sitting on a lake. Okay. Which is really beautiful for many reasons. First of all, simply because it's beautiful. It's surrounded by vegetation. But there are also a couple of lovely islands in this lake one of which has the most amazing looking primates living on it because as you can guess it I'm in my home which is Dublin Zoo and I'm looking out over the gorgeous Dublin Zoo Lake and I can see the beautiful little Sulawesi crested macaques in the background running around like lunatics on their little island these are very small primates but there's something else here that I came down specially for and this lovely lake is full of the most gorgeous ducks and we're here because we want to talk about duck tales as in stories about ducks yeah and and other animals that have uh, that have engaged in a certain thing we were having a chat on the phone yesterday because i pulled out two two dead female frogs from my pond and I thought it would be an interesting subject to talk about this uh, phenomenon that happens in nature that people don't really know about. It's a bit creepy, but it's a bit crazy. And it's right up our alley. It is. We'll get to the ducks in a minute. You tell me about your frogs. Yeah, so I pulled out uh, a couple of... Um, dead females as happens most years with frogs because during the, the frenzy of breeding the males can get quite uh, uh, aggressive and, and too amorous and they have these nuptial pads that we've talked about before that they'll grab onto the females with but in some cases they'll wear a female out so much in the mating process and keep dragging her to, into the water when she's trying to get her even after she spawned especially after she spawned they'll keep dragging her back in and different males will keep hassling them they just want to get out of the water at that stage and what happens eventually is they'll drown the females and you can you can tell it's uh, drowning by male because they'll actually have what look like two ulcers under their armpits wow. uh, on their underbelly 
and that's just from continuously being grabbed and dragged in and trying to get away and it's the, the, the pads on the male's thumbs as he puts his arms around her will just tear into her skin and basically oh. they drown him but the, the corpses then of course as corpses do will end up floating around in the water and the amorous males will <laughs> continuously hop on the on the dead females regardless of, of them being dead for, for days and days and it's actually very creepy it oh. looks like these you know uh, half zombie looking females because their eyes are bulging in their head and they're dead and the males are still fighting and trying to mate with them um, oh my god so yeah so, so th- necrophilia in necrophilia frogs necrophilia is, is, is rampant in frogs in, in, in fact there's a, a little Brazilian frog uh, with a pointy nose a toad um, from Brazil and these are really weird because they do the, the same thing same thing happens males and females jostling together during the breeding process and some females will drown or get killed even if they're killed by a predator wow the males will actually in this case though it's completely different from our from our own frogs the males in this case will functionally mate with a dead female and it's the only recorded time that that in in natural history we see that they'll actually mount the female and squeeze the eggs out for a dead body and fertilize them and they'll be viable and that's an incredible like dark kind of thing but it but it actually it actually works for them so that's incredible yeah but it's it's very it's very cool in in a weird way god functional necrophilia it's referred to in a paper so yeah functional necrophilia so necrophilia that actually results in live animals or or viable eggs yeah functional necrophilia to me sounds like a really dodgy band but yeah brilliant (laughs) (laughs) mad rock band that has about three people in the audience So, come here, fill me in your ducktails. So, ducktails, yeah. So, the thing that we're um, realising, based on the stories that you just told us, and that's a lion in the background, by the way. Oh, cool. Can you hear the lion? I can hear him, I can hear him. That is mental. And it sounds like Jurassic Park is attacking you all those seagulls in the background as well. <laughs> it sort of is like that. Yeah. So, if you see a female duck with a lot of feathers missing at the back of their head, you know that they've been mated a lot because... When the male mounts the duck, he grabs onto the feathers on the back of her head. This can get actually quite violent, and if it happens on water, um, the duck can drown, the female can drown. I've heard horror stories about female ducks being harangued to death by multiple males of chasing her around. So That's right, yeah. So anyway, a good few years back, there was this interesting phenomenon that was um, discovered by a Dutch scientist. So he works at the Rotterdam Natural History Museum. Cool. And the Natural History Museum at that point had built on a new annex and it was a glass facade. And as he says himself, this glass facade made his life very easy because his job essentially was collecting dead birds, right? Okay. So there's nothing better to kill birds than a glass facade because, of course, Mm. they don't see it and boom, they fly right into it. Yeah. So these are his words now that I'm quoting. He said himself that having this glass facade um, next to me made me very sensitive to the sounds of birds and he could actually identify which birds had actually banged into the building and killed themselves based on the thunk or the clunk that they had made, right? Wow. So he's sitting in his office one day and he hears this clunk. He looked out the window and downstairs he saw a dead mallard and a live duck standing beside it. Okay. So he went downstairs to get a better view 
and the duck that was dead appeared to be a male and the duck standing beside him was a male um, so he reckons that the two of them may have been involved in this haranguing of a female where the two of them were possibly flying after a female to try and mate her and they banged into this uh, glass facade and one of them died and then he said then something interesting happened the male that was alive walked over to the male that was dead checked it out grabbed onto the feathers on the back of its head hopped up on him and started mating him <laughs> a male on male a male on male brilliant So our scientists grabbed a chair, sat down in front of the window and waited to see how this would all pan out. And then, as he says himself, Mm -hmm. 75 minutes later... Fair play to them. 75 minutes later, I thought I'd seen enough. So I stepped away, got a plastic bag, went outside and picked up the dead duck that had been mated for 75 minutes by the other male live duck. He brought the dead duck inside, had a look at it and obviously wanted to confirm that it was in fact a male duck. And he flipped him over and he saw the penis of the male duck, which is, I think, quite unusual to see because not all birds have penises. Yeah, very, very unusual. So he confirmed that this was in fact um, a male bird. He went on eventually to write and publish a paper, a scientific paper called homosexual necrophilia in the mallard or something along those lines and um, he got a call a while later from an organization in boston this organization gives out awards every year called the ig Nobel awards and this is an award given to scientists for research that's a bit unusual and the tagline for all of this is research that first makes you laugh but then makes you think. That's a really good idea. The aim of the Ig Nobel Awards is actually to to encourage people to become interested in science and interested in, you know, not just the the obvious parts of science, but you know, other things as well that can be very useful. The funny, funky, the funny weird bits. We could be an Ig Nobel an Ig Nobel podcast <laughs> in, in many ways. I think we are, <laughs> but that might be a whole other category. <laughs> exactly. That is brilliant. So when this, this, when he got this award, he realised that um, suddenly he was in the spotlight. And he started getting photographs and data from all over the world showing evidence of animals doing stuff that we didn't think that they would do to other animals that are often dead and often of the same sex. So he got pictures of frogs, like your frogs, live frogs mating dead frogs frogs in the missionary position which is very unusual in nature yeah did you see that photograph i took the other night in my pond i did we actually i'll put it up on the twitter for anybody who wants to see it on the critter shed twitter because yeah it's very unusual seeing frogs mating face to face it's it's a bizarre kind of a thing it is yeah he got so many pictures of lots of different species of bird from all over the world mating dead birds apparently this is a thing it is it is and 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 Speaking of birds, I mean, you have the, I don't know if you know Happy Feet, but a very cute little penguins, one of the penguins in that that film for kids, the Antarctica Delhi penguin. They've been spotted humping dead uh, penguins oh, really? from the previous year. And the reason for that is because... From the previous year? Yeah, because if a penguin dies up in these cold climates, it's, it's basically going to mummify. Yeah. But when it dies, it lies kind of on its belly. And this particular 
species of, of penguin would mate in the same position as it dies in. Oh. So the poor, confused, horny males are making their way up um, up to the breeding grounds and they see a what they consider a willing female in the mating position yeah. and will line up. And it, it was actually re- recorded by one of uh, Scott's Antarctic expedition uh, boys back in the day. But it was so shocking that they actually expunged it from the, the data they were taking. Oh. So it wasn't rediscovered for 100 years later when somebody went deep into the files oh and, and, and found it. And, and then modern scientists have been documenting it ever since. So again, and crows, here's another one for you. Crows are rampant at doing this, um, particularly during the breeding season. And what happens with them is scientists who have studied this have noticed that it always includes some cannibalism and or violence. Right. And what's happening in the crow's brain is they're quite intelligent, but also they're still animals. And when breeding season kicks in, they have that urge to mate. But they also have the urge to feed. Yeah. And they have the urge to be quite territorial. Right. So when a crow comes into their patch and gets a smack of a car and ends up dead on the ground, the three wires in their brains kind of get crossed. So they're so confused. They're like half trying to kill it, half trying to eat its eyeballs, and then half trying to mate with it as well. Well, it's hard, but you, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's a really interesting uh, phenomenon, um, especially with fairly intelligent corvids like crows, you know? Yeah, corvids, not covids. Let it be noted. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we have to know it. And, 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 and apart from like the boards we've been talking about, there's an animal that I would have worked with or, or kept as a pet over the years at the Argentine... Uh, Argentine the Argentine tegus. Sorry, I'm finding it hard to breathe here. <laughs> but, oh my um, God, don't die on me on a phone call. Mind you, it would make great Yeah, oh, it's, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. Um, the Argentine tegus are a very large kind of black and white lizard. You would have seen them in, in, in many zoos, but they're a beautiful looking lizard. But a guy who was studying them down in Argentina came across a dead female and recorded a male trying to seduce her and actively mate with her. Bush uh, couldn't manage it and then he kind of wanted to see what would happen so he waited around and kept inside and left the body as it was and over two or three days it started to really putrefy but another younger male came up and actually mated managed to mate with the with the dead corpse and the only thing he was able to discern from it that in the paper he was thinking that the the, the pheromones that were still being given off by the female were so strong that they actually overwritten the smell of the putrefaction of and, and the rotten flesh wow. so that urge to drive that singular vision that these animals have during breeding season causes them to do all these kind of crazy things yeah and not one of them thought of checking for a pulse right no not at all yeah that's it <laughs> it's pretty cool i mean it's uh, as dark as it is it is very uh, interesting to say the least well, it's dark from our side. From their side, I suppose it's not. I mean, it's just that's that's the the spin that we put on it. They're just following instincts to mate. And apparently, according to this um, to this Dutch scientist, I'm going to pronounce his name very, very badly. Case Moliker. According to this Dutch scientist, about one in ten ducks is homosexual. Wow, that's mad. I never knew that. Neither did I. Oh, that's really cool. The things you learn on a Saturday afternoon when you can't go outside. Exactly. And why not? And I mean, this is a fun episode for all the family. Let your kids listen to new animals humping dead carcasses on a Saturday afternoon. It's a, it's a welcome distraction. It's a welcome distraction. <laughs> Brilliant.
So we had a question from one of our listeners, Mark, in the UK, and he was wondering about moving frog spawn into his pond, because I don't think he had any arrived this year, wasn't it? That's right. So um, the, the rules in, in Ireland are a bit different from the UK. So it's illegal in Ireland, unless you're a teacher or you have written permission from the National Parks and Wildlife Service to move spawn. So it's just illegal. You have to just build your ponds and hope that the frogs show up which they should if, if they're around. In the UK, it's it's only illegal if you are to take spawn to sell it. Um, so you can, you can move from one pond to another technically, but it's not very biosecure. As in, if you were to take frog spawn from an area where there was a disease, there are several of the frog killing nasties in the UK, um, you might accidentally bring it into a waterway where it, it will just spread it essentially. So. My advice is, uh, as long as you can, and if you can't wait, give it a year or two and see if frogs show up. If they don't show up, other wildlife will use your pond. Bats and dragonflies and all those beautiful creatures we talk about all the time. So give it a while, see what happens. If they don't show up, the second thing I'd advise is to find somebody you know who has a garden pond that has a very healthy population of frogs and take a small amount of spawn from them just a friend and uh, especially if it's in an enclosed area so you you'll more or less know and you, or you could hazard a guess that there's no diseases being spread around so i hope that helps mark and best of luck with uh, with your froggy uh, endeavors in the future there is one thing i'd like to mention just before we go um as i'm sitting here in this lovely lake watching all the birds doing their thing i see um, everybody's busy nesting and getting ready for the new generation etc but one of the things that people might notice, so if you're out for a walk in your local park or something, you might see a lot of ducks flying around, but have a closer look and chances are most of them will be male because at this stage, a lot of the females will have disappeared and they'll have gone to their nests. And the interesting thing about the ducks... Oh, that's right. Yeah, the interesting thing about the ducks is that um, they fly around and they look for a place that's secure to build their nests. So if you imagine that, you know, you had a lovely waterway and then just dotted all, all along the side of this waterway where uh, duck nests they'd be you know sitting ducks literally for prey like any water rats or something would come in and eat them mm. so what they do is they fly quite a distance from water and then they nest and that's why you'll very often see ducks and their ducklings wandering around really far from water but in in a world where there aren't any humans that duck would be able to lead the ducklings to water because there wouldn't be any obstacles in the way but now of course we have a lot of human made obstacles mm. like car parks and gates and walls and fences and all that sort of stuff and roads and that's why in a few months time we'll see loads of photographs of ducks trying to cross roads where people have stopped and all that sort of stuff so I'd say if you're out and about for walks and you come across something lovely or just nice piece of nature, take a photograph and send it to us or send us a video or something. Yeah, we're doing isolated nature as a hashtag isolated nature. And it's just if you see anything, watching, spotting stuff around your garden, um, we're going to put up a couple of videos over the next couple of days as well. And we're going to keep popping out uh, little podcasts like this just to keep you entertained while you're stuck in, in, in uh, limbo. <laughs> Corona limbo. Because it's uplifting. And there's so much nature to see. And as we all know, nature heals. So, um, like, I'm just down here now looking at at these little primates. And um, my heart is just soaring. I mean, they're 
run around like lunatics on their islands. They have two islands and they shimmy between the islands on these parallel ropes. And my God, I wish I could move like these guys. They just zip across and the small ones, the babies, sort of just go across on one rope, but underneath they hang onto it and underneath and shimmy across really quickly. I, I'm really jealous of you because the only primates I'm looking at are my two teenagers going around. They're not, they're not, they're not <laughs> shimmering anywhere. They're just sh- sh- moaning. <laughs> and I'm the one, I'm the one who's potentially dying here. You know, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, You're sounding good on it. Though. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Anyway, come here. On that happy I note, will, uh, I will talk to you very soon. Everybody, stay safe out there. You look after yourself, Colette, and uh, I'll give you a shout uh, during the week. Yeah, mind yourself, huh? Look after yourself. The Critter Shed is part of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You can find more great shows at thewarren.ie. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.